welcome and thank you for tuning in to the Grace Assembly of God Sermon Podcast. Grace exists to help people discover a life of purpose in Jesus Christ through discipleship and serving one another. If you would like additional information, visit us online at www.graceofbelair.com. Again, thank you for joining us and enjoy this week's message. Well, good morning. Uh, I've uh, I've got one that works several ways, you know. So, yeah, what a strange world we're living in, but we're doing the best we can, and uh, we'll do whatever we have to so that we can carry on and people can be encouraged in the Lord and hear the gospel. And so much of this, uh, particularly as a follower of Jesus Christ, is we do it for other people as well as for ourselves, and and that's why we do so much of what we do as far as the mass social distancing and, and all of those. And um, I, I want to thank you this morning. In just a moment, uh, we're going to look to the Lord and worship Him with our tithes and offerings. But I want to thank you for your ongoing generosity. Um, a few months ago, uh, at the beginning of this, our a sister church in Ecuador that uh, we have connections with and uh, went on a missions t- uh, trip uh, down there. Uh, they were in severe need, as most of the country of Ecuador was. We were able to send them a couple thousand dollars so for food. Just everything was in short supply, and bodies were uh, in the street. There was nowhere to put them because of COVID-19. And But you continued to give, and then this, just this past week, we were able to send more down there to them. We received some pictures of, from them, just absolutely joyed, overjoyed that, that we could receive help. And you know, how many know the scripture says this, that if you see a brother in need and you have something of this world, that you should share it with them. And so I just want to thank you for, uh, for doing that this morning. Uh, I have to confess, I'm I believe that what we'll do is for the offering buckets there on the back stand as you go out, and you can just simply put your offering there, um, or you can send it uh, online. You can give online at graceofbelair.com. You pull that up, and there's a tab there for giving. Uh, You can do it that way. Of course, you can always drop it off or send it here to the church. We just thank you so much for that. I want you to pray with me this morning. I've been so aware of our need for prayer during this uh, this time, and would you just bow your heads and pray with me, and I'm sure that there are people that you know of or situations that you're going through that you just need to lift to the Lord. So would you bow your heads and pray with me right now? Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, that you are a good, good Father. We thank you, Lord, that you do not change, and we come on behalf of your church. We come on behalf of those that are um, battling through some situations right now. It could be health issues or stage-of-life issues or friends that have contracted uh, COVID-19. And, Lord, we lift them up. Your word says, and your word says that we have access to you because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross. And we praise you that he's our great high priest and we love you for it. I pray, Lord, that you would strengthen every member, every tender of Grace Church of Bel Air. Lord, you'd strengthen them with your power 
in the inner man by the might of your Spirit. I pray, Lord, that you would strengthen the church and we would be creative in the gospel. And, Lord, you would allow us to shine as salt and light in this world. And, God, we just thank you for it. I commend each one to you now, those that are in our listening audience here, uh, inside of the sanctuary, those that are in the parking lot, listening by way of FM transmitter or live stream, those that are joining us on our website or on Facebook Live. Lord, we pray for them. And as uh, I want everyone to know, that as we receive prayer requests, that we will be faithful to present them to you, O Father. In Jesus' strong name I pray, amen. Praise God. The Lord is good, isn't he? The Lord is good. And uh, we're going to go to the scripture this morning. We're in a series called Made for More. And this is a, a, a message that I've wanted to share for uh, some time. And Made for More a new humanity, and uh, this is a term that's only used once in all of the Scripture, a new humanity, means a new creation, a new race, if you would, and it's found in Ephesians, the second chapter, verses 11 through 22, but the main idea that I want to share with you from God's Word and on His authority is that God has called you and me, and made provision in our lives in Jesus Christ to be a new humanity that would include people and be his agents for peace and the gospel and would glorify him in all this earth. And church, if the church does not do it, who is going to do it? Knowing the context that we live in right now, the things that um, some of you no doubt have heard of the term, the cancel, cancel culture. I like to call it the cancer culture. What you'll find in this world, there's no forgiveness, there's no grace, there's no redemption. Once you've sinned, you've always sinned. If you smoke marijuana when you were a teenager in college, you, you, it, it can dog you for the rest of your life. If you've done something that you shouldn't and someone finds out about it, that doesn't like that, they don't mind making it public, hoping it'll go viral and put you out of business. If they find out that you have voted for the wrong person, that they don't like, the wrong president, there will, there's a movement to put you out of business. It's called the cancel culture or the cancer culture. We see the proliferation, according to God's word in the last days, that we would be in perilous times when men's heart would fail them for fear and there would be arrogance and disdain, there would be bitterness and enmity and strife. And this world has embraced this idea that might makes right and we will get our way and we'll wipe out the other side. God wants us to know that there's a better way how many could say amen? There is a better way. Now, as a follower of Jesus Christ, as a pastor sharing the Word of God, I can't control what this world does. How many understand what I'm saying? But we are responsible for our own lives and for the church of Jesus Christ that God has called to be 
His work calls it a new humanity as salt and light in this world. God's Word tells us this, that, and by the way, in the book of Ephesians, that Paul in chapter 2, when he, he writes about this, he's talking about problems in the church between Jewish people and Gentile people. And uh, sometimes we look back at the New Testament and say, oh, if we could be a New Testament church. I, how many know, and I want to tell you this, <laughs> that if there's people in the church, how many know there's going to be problems wherever there's people? This idea of racial tensions is nothing new to the church of Jesus Christ. It's, in fact, it's an old, old story but God has a new solution, and that's what I want to share with you about today. I believe God will use it to strengthen us, but God will use us to be healing agents, bringing peace, and showing the way to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. God's plan from the very beginning for His creation was to fulfill his will and desire for this world, that we would multiply, we would be his agents, we would fill the earth with his ways, with his glory, with his plan, and with his vision. We would love one another we, so that we would be known that we want you, we include you, we need you, and everyone was one race coming from our Heavenly Father. Colossians 3.11, God's Word says this. It, Paul wrote and called it the renewal. The renewal says that in Christ there is no distinction between Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, and free man, but Christ is all in all. And Jesus said, listen, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. I believe I mentioned this last week that God wants to midwife something in the church as we turn to him, as we seek his face, as we repent of our ways, if we embrace his call and claims on our life, God is going to birth something in the church, a revival that can literally turn this world upside down for him, praise his name. But too often... Too often, we have focused on the wrong things, even in the church. So many in the church, or the church, the American church, the failure, I just read this quote I'll share with you, the American church's failure was not in losing the battle for American culture, it was believing their task was to preserve and promote American culture, a cause for which the true Church of Christ has no calling. Is there an amen in the house? Our mission is not to preserve American culture. It's to proclaim and live out the kingdom culture of a new creation in Jesus Christ. Praise his name. So Paul addresses three things in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 11 through 22. First of all, remember where we came from. Therefore, remember that formerly you, the Gentiles in the flesh, 
who were called uncircumcision by the so-called circumcision. That was a dirty word to be called uncircumcised. Which is performed in the flesh by human hands. Remember that you were at that time separate from Christ, excluded from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenant of promise, having no hope and without God in this world. How many have ever been excluded from some club or some clique or some circle in high school? And Paul writes to the church at Ephesus, basically, remember where you came from because at one time we were all far from God. That was our position we need to look back so we can go forward. I've known moms, good strong moms, to say this, and my mom modeled this. Listen, son, boy, I brought you into the world and I can take you out if you don't change your ways. In other words, I was there, I birthed you, I remember you. And that sort of takes a young man down a notch or two. I changed your diapers for a year and a half. I remember you. I brought you in. I can take you out if I need to. Paul said in the Lord, we need to remember and look back so we can go forward. We're all far from God, regardless of our origin and where we're from. When he talked about the circumcised, that was the Jewish folks, and, and the privilege that Israel enjoyed was real, but the arrogance and their disdain was an utter failure in God's sight. How many hear what I'm saying this morning? Listen, I don't know what privilege you've been born into. I've been privileged to have been born into the church of Jesus Christ. I accepted Jesus as an early age. I was under, I wasn't even a week old. And in that day, my dad was the pastor and my mom was, I mean, it's just, she was just everything, you know, Sunday school teacher, worship leader, accordion player, uh, piano player, preach for my dad and powerful preacher in her own right. But I was less than a week old and I was on the front seat of the church how, how, just think of that right now. I've been born into a privilege of knowing people filled with grace and knowing love and into a family that was all in for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Every one of us has been born into some type of privilege, but the privilege that God has born us into or allowed us to be born into we should not use it to disdain other people or to be arrogant towards them because they're not like us. How many hear what I'm saying? Disdain and arrogant. Oh, that's just the way they all are. God has something better for us. He has a better idea. Paul said that you were excluded because of your race. You might be excluded this morning because of your gender or creed. But regardless of that, we're all at one time without hope and without God. 
But the good news is this, and it begins in verse number 13, but now in Christ, can someone say praise God? Now in Christ. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were formerly were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace who made both groups into one and broke down the barrier of the dividing wall by abolishing in his flesh the enmity which is the law of commandments contained in ordinances so that in himself he might make the two into one new man. The translation of that one new manner, a new humanity, thus establishing peace and might reconcile them both in one body to God through the cross by it having put to death the enmity. And he came and preached peace to those who were far away, to you who were far away, and peace to those who were near. For through him we both have our access in one spirit to the Father. First of all, but now we have been brought near, praise God. We've been brought into the family because Jesus broke down the dividing walls of hostility, of arrogance and disdain, of exclusion and no access to God and no peace, a new humanity. In fact, friends, this should now define us as Christians, a new humanity. We're part of his new creation. In fact, Paul said this, that from now on in 2 Corinthians 5.16, he said, we know no one after the flesh. I just want to repeat that for us, that as followers of Jesus Christ, we should know no one after the flesh to say, oh, that's just how that group always does things. It might be, but that might be their preference. Some would say amen. Some people look at our family and they say, well, that's just how they do things, the poor things. My daughters call it to drostify things. It's an inside joke. I haven't totally figured out what it is. It just keeps growing and, you know, it warps. I don't know exactly what it is, but they talk about uh, me mostly. I guess if, if you're the dad with four daughters, they're going to talk about you, you know, and, and they love me to death to drostify things. That's a funny way, but, you know, we can look at people and say, oh, they're from Poland, or they're from China, or they're from Africa, or they're from South America, and that's just the way they are. How many know that that's wrong? That borders on disdain and arrogance. And if we act on that, it is arrogance that God cannot bless. That God has called us to love each other and to be defined that we're the new creation in Jesus Christ. And because we've been brought near that Jesus now, he has come to preach peace when he comes into our lives, he brings peace, his rest. The Old Testament calls it shalom, body, soul, spirit, emotions, rest. If we know Christ, we know peace. 
if there's no Christ in our life, there's no peace. And it's God's will and provision for our lives is peace. This COVID-19, the prospect of that, if I were to ask how many of you here have at least thought about the possibility of contracting it, I would say almost every hand has gone up. And if not, you, it probably should go up. It's, it's very real. I read a Facebook post of the wife of a dear, dear friend of mine, a partner in the ministry, a colleague, a friend. We were both in, all in for the cause. He's about five years younger than I am, and I just found out he's in a hospital in Miami. It's been 10 days now with COVID-19, extremely high temperatures, double pneumonia, plus COVID-19. His bones, everything is just absolutely agony. And people have been praying for him, and the medical team is absolutely terrific. And they just yesterday they called his wife several times during the day. She's an a RN herself. And the news was last night his fever broke. But that hit really close to home to me. I've had friends, other friends, but this was a minister in the gospel. But God wants us to visit us with his peace, not fear in this world. God's going to use this, I believe. We got on the airplane yesterday. We're coming, flying back from northwest Arkansas. We flew through Charlotte, and then we went on to BWI. And uh, some people are, I don't know, I guess I'm still fleshly because everyone's supposed to wear masks, you know, (laughs) and some just, you know, just defy it. And I just want to, I want to tattle on them to the flight attendants. You know what I'm saying? Like, but I said, you know, that probably shouldn't do that, you know. And, but then there's others that are, I think, are so fearful. We saw one yesterday in a full body suit, face mask, rocking, high-priced designer uh, handbags, huge handbags, and just bebopping in the airplane, playing some kind of music. So they obviously weren't sick or anything, you know, but just and made sure that they, they, they sat at a place. I mean, it was far away from everyone, and we would have done the same too if we could have. But, but I mean, it was just sort of obvious. It was, it was just there's all different responses to this. But Jesus Christ comes to give you peace and me peace in the middle of the storm. You might have had some nightmares about contracting this. Listen, they're just a nightmare. A nightmare is different than reality. He comes to bring peace to us, and he's, he's come so that there would be peace in our relationships, even in your family. And it's easy to say about your family or Families, oh, those cousins are always like that. You know, I I won't ask you to raise your hand. You know what I'm talking about. They're always like that. But God has something better for us. That's his peace that he ministers to us. 
And when Jesus Christ brought us near, we now both, Jews, Gentiles, all races have access to the Father. That's what he said. We now have access. You see, in the temple, in the temple, there was the court of the Gentiles, and they could only go so far. And this barrier said to them that they didn't have access. They could only go so far. This barrier said that on the other side there's privilege and we can't ever have it. But Paul wrote, now we both have access to the Father. The cross of Jesus Christ makes everything level. When I think of the cross, there's the main beam and there's the cross beam. And the cross beam is... The cross beam is horizontal, and it's how we interact with people and the enmity between the races that's been existing even since the New Testament church. But the cross of Jesus Christ also has a vertical beam that was, went from heaven and went into the ground that split that thing in two. And now instead of just being horizontal, it's vertical, it's a cross, and Jesus stretched out his arms and included everyone in the world, praise God. Everyone, so that everyone has access to God. Can someone say amen? No more exclusions. The third thing is this, Paul goes on to says, and so that means that you are now, you are now fellow citizens. Remember where we came from. So in case we want to say they, just remember where we came from. There's no they and we. There's just we together. You're now fellow citizens and they belong. Ephesians 2, he went on to say in verse 19, So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and are of God's household having been built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole building being fitted together is growing into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are being built together into a dwelling of God in the Spirit. Fellow citizens, they now belong. They is now we. Can someone say praise God? We need each other. Paul wrote that we have been given the ministry of reconciliation. Reconciliation is the it's repairing of broken relationships. Church, that's you and me. Regardless of your gender, regardless of your race, we have been given the ministry of reconciliation. And, if, and if, if the church doesn't get this right, the world is never going to get it right. They operate only from the flesh. There is, they're far from God without God and without hope and excluded from access. How in the world would anyone think that someone from that system could ever get things right? But it must begin with the household of faith. Can someone say praise God? And that Jesus said, I will build my church. Praise his name. 
We've been given the ministry of reconciliation. We build it on a firm foundation. Jesus Christ is the cornerstone. Back in the day, the cornerstone meant that it would be a huge rock that was square and true. It was the primary load-bearing stone that determined the lines of the building, square, plumb, etc. In fact, ancient history, there, in archaeology, there have been cornerstones weighing 570 tons. Now, how many know that's, a, that's heavy? A ton is 2,000 pounds. 570 times 2,000 pounds, you can, you, can add it, you can multiply it, but I'll tell you it's a million 140,000 pounds. How many think, what, is that thing movable? No. Well, that thing, every, Paul said everything's held together. Do you think that any storm, any problem can shake Jesus Christ? He remains true and you and I are fitted together in that, and God is building and growing His holy temple, and He calls you and me to be ministers of the reconciliation. You might say, Pastor Paul, you don't know what I've been through, and I do not know what you've been through. I've not walked in your shoes, but I know that there has to be forgiveness and imploring God, Lord, help me to forgive or help me, Lord, to react in grace rather than out of bitterness and saying they always act like that. The question is, is not what do they always do, but the question should be what do we always do in response to the situation going on around us? I am not swayed by the falsehoods of this day. My hope is built on Jesus Christ, the solid rock. Can someone say amen? It will not be moved. There is safety in him. There is security in every storm. Eternity cannot move the foundation of Jesus Christ, and I've chosen to fix my life on him. How about you? Praise God. He's building and growing his holy temple. We praise God for it. I've asked Josh to come and share what I call the together vision for just a few moments. Uh, I want you to give Josh a, just a good hand this morning. What a great young man. Yeah. And uh, Josh is, uh, is planting. Um, just, Josh, come on over. We want everyone on camera to see you. Okay. I want to hug you, but I won't. All right. Oh, that's right. Six foot. I forgot about that. All right. He's better than I am. All right. But he's planting grace in Espanol. He's going to tell you about it. It's what his heart is, and we want to make this possible. But I was in that meeting the other night, and I'm telling you, we worshiped together. We prayed together. Just the presence of the Lord was there. Yes. The presence of the Lord was there. It's a Hispanic fellowship, but there were, there were four Anglos that were there. Uh, and I think you're going to accept anybody because it's no longer they, but it's us, right? Yes, we. So go ahead and share with us just for a moment. Thank yeah. you, Pastor, for this opportunity. And, like, what a, what a message Ephesians chapter 2, man, what a scripture that it no longer is they and us, but it's us, all of us. 
in the body of Christ, you know, nothing, and no walls of culture, no walls of language, no walls of, of color, no walls of, of what nationality you're from can separate us because we've been born into something much greater. How many of you know that we're, when we were born again, we were placed into a family of God that transcends any walls or divides that we as humans like to make? We have something that is brand new, that it is the gospel, Jesus, salvation, a new family. And that's what we experienced that night. We had people from different countries, from Puerto Rico, from Chile, from Ecuador, from the United States, everywhere. And we were just there sitting in the presence of God, worshiping the Lord under one banner, which is the banner of Jesus Christ. The banner of the love of God and the mission that he has given us as the new humanity to bring people to reconciliation here on this earth with the Heavenly Father. And let me tell you, like that beam, that vertical beam, when that relationship is reestablished between man and God, it begins to affect your relationships horizontally. It begins to affect your places of work. It begins to affect your homes. It begins to affect your families. It begins to affect everything. And now we have a vision and a mission to bring people of every single race, of every single color, of every single language, nationality, wherever they're from, to a reconciliation with the Father, the one who knitted them in their mother's womb, the one who created them. And that is our vision as grace, as this church, is that we don't want any walls to get in the way of preaching the gospel to all people for every tribe, every language, every tongue will say that Jesus Christ is Lord. That is the vision. That is what we want to see. And we want to see through grace and Espanol that our Spanish-speaking community here in Harford County, here in our neighborhoods, that they would know who Jesus Christ is. That they would know the love of a heavenly father who has come down to rescue, to reconcile, to redeem, to forgive, to restore, to heal, to give new identity, to give new life. That that very God is the one who we want to, people to meet, that we want people to connect with. And that's the thing. We're no longer strangers. We're no longer aliens. I've had the blessing to travel the world and to travel to different cultures and different places. And let me tell you, in many places, I've been, I've been the foreigner. I've been the, the one from a different country. But let me tell you, when you walk into the family of God, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I was one of them because now we belong to a greater humanity, a greater family, something that was set apart. And in the family of God, man, it, we don't forget about our differences, but we celebrate them. We don't throw them out like into a melting pot like it doesn't matter, but it's a beautiful mosaic of the craftsmanship of the hand of God bringing us together to reflect this beautiful reality that is in heaven. And that's, we want to see it on heaven here on this earth. Amen? Amen. So let's do that. Let's do it as a church. And I know we're dedicated as a church here at Grace to see that happen. And I know we're doing it with the Hispanic community and Grace and Espanol. But let's do it with every, I want to see every tribe, every tongue, every people group worshiping Jesus together. Amen? Amen. Love you guys so much. God bless you. <laughs>
that God will do a work in your life. Perhaps you're here today and you need to receive God's word and you need to surrender to it. You've put up some walls. I want to encourage you, you don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be scared at what God is going to do. The Lord will protect you. But God has called all of us to be ministers of the reconciliation. This morning, if you're here and you would say, yes, I want to come into the family of God. I realize that I'm far away. I know God is there, and I, I know God is good, but I want to know God as my personal Savior today, know his son, Jesus Christ. If that's you, would you just li lift up your hand right now? Just lift your hand right now. I want to surrender my life to the Lord today. Wherever you are, just lift it up. All right. Perhaps you need healing for hurts, in your life, you've been excluded from things, and it's, it's prevented you from moving forward in joy, and they might be real hurts, but you want God to do a work in your life so those hurts no longer control your destiny or your future, but you want the Lord to use you as an agent of healing and to walk in what it means to be part of the new humanity I want to pray for you today, praise God. Now, if you're visiting with us, you're with us today online, you're out in the parking lot, I'm going to pray. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads right now. And, uh, and then after this, the website host and, and Facebook live hosts, they'll stay on the line for eight or ten minutes. If you want prayer, they'll be there to pray for you. And then today we have a couple that will be up front here I believe it's Gary and Nora. They're here to pray for you. If you need the Lord to just minister, you have a need, uh, they are there, and they'll pray for you. Would you bow your heads with me? Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, we love you for your word. We thank you, Lord, God, that your word, it brings life to us. And, Lord, that you're building this temple that's fitted together by all of the living stones. And, Lord, that's where your life is. That's where your anointing is, is in this holy habitation that's being built for you so that you could receive glory. I pray, Lord, that you would help us individually as a church to be ministers of the reconciliation. Lord, to know no man, no woman, after the flesh, their, ge their gender, race, color, creed. But, Lord, that we would see them as you have seen all of us, when we were far away, you've now brought us near. Lord, I ask that you would help grace in particular and everyone under the sound of my voice, Lord, from this day forward, Lord, to walk as members of the new humanity, no longer two, but now one in Jesus Christ. I commend your church to you, to your strength, to your power, your peace, and your access. It's in Jesus Christ's name I pray. Amen.